0: Hey, you're just starting the Trek Off podcast now, so it's a good time for you to subscribe to a new podcast, too. The Totally Super podcast is me and my good friend Arthur reviewing every single superhero movie ever made. That's right. It's called Totally Super. It's put out by Geeks Radio. It's like Trek Off, but for superhero movies. Maybe not quite so dirty, but... It's still fun. So check out Totally Super. Search for it right now. Whatever you're listening on right now, whatever you found Trekoff on, just use that to find Totally Super and subscribe. Okay, enjoy Trekoff. It's time for Trekoff. Set phasers to love. Welcome to Trekoff. My name is Justin. And my
1: name's Alexia.
0: And today, look, guys, um, uh, th- we're doing more Picard. I mean, we got.
1: How can th- we right? not really? I
0: mean, my understanding is that there are going to be like, like only like eight or nine episodes of this show. So, so like how ever? can we not? Do no, because there's already a no, season no, no, no. No, the se- the second season <laughs> is already in pre-production. It's already. I was,
1: I was gonna say that's already been greenlit, like before the yeah. first one even aired. Yeah, so, no, they're, they're which I thought was like, odd when there over. was already like apparently some kind of hate, sort of or dislike going around. I'm like, I don't know what they watched, but um, <laughs> it wasn't what I watched. Well, you know, that's a really good question.
0: Here's, I haven't, uh, I haven't looked this up, but I want to look at the, uh, I'm gonna look up the term ratings viewers second. And then Picard. And let's see if I can get an idea of how the second episode of uh, of Picard did. Um, but do, 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 do. I'm going to look for anything that came out. Uh, sorry, guys. We didn't have this prepared. I didn't, it didn't. I, lo- I, lo- I, I
1: once again loved the, like, I mean, I felt like the end of the first episode I was like, I want more right now. <laughs> so at the end of this one, I was like, I want more right now.
0: <laughs>
1: um, why, why is it not here? I know you have it done. Just give it to me. So th- I, I gotta say, seeing, this show I know in that, particular is, is, I know that is first, killing me with the weekly situation. It I is, know that the
0: very first episode of Picard got like it was the number one premiere yet in um, CBS All Access, beating out the the first uh, Discovery. I believe uh, that like the, that makes sense. It was the highest again. Rated it's
1: you know we, we know what we're gonna get. We know who we're going to get. There's, as opposed to Discovery, which is just a complete question mark. Um, yeah, and
0: I, it's it's built in. Um, oh, speaking of I the am, last
1: time we were talking about, because I feel like the last yeah, time we were please. talking about C, the CBS All Access, we were talking about how they should build it out with more, like, kid stuff. Um, guess what's on there now? <laughs> Cora what? is on there now. Oh, um, that's uh, Airbender, right? Yep. Yeah, um, well, it's the, it's the second one, the last, I mean she's i i liked both series obviously they're i mean but uh there's other like nickelodeon stuff on there and i was like they listened good for them because <laughs> i totally want to watch i'll watch legend of cora again happily um which
0: is better do you think legends of cora or i never watched the the show but i i understand it has an enormous amount of love which of the two uh, do you think is better
1: well, um, hmm, 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 uh, <laughs> that's tough. Cause I think the only reason I might say Korra is because I, I dig that it's a chick and I can relate more to a chick than a, than a little boy. Um, and, and but there's something about the first one where you've got that eternal battle, uh, and all the air benders are gone. Uh, that it's a little bit darker from the start. I think, uh, even though it's plenty funny. I mean, <laughs> to this day, me and uh, Mister A will sometimes be like cabbages, <laughs> like just randomly if we drop something. <laughs> so, um, it's definitely still funny, but I, uh, I, I always I dug Cora as a. I mean, not that I didn't like. Uh, this is that's terrible again. I could, I could relate more to a girl, so I liked that it was a girl. And I and so, I love the
0: idea of having a show about a bunch of little kids, and then the next show is about one of those kids grown up. I think that's neat. That's a neat. That's a oh, neat it is. It's very
1: it. neat. And I love and I love their interactions too. Like because you could see how different because you remember what he was like. We, you've watched you watched him be a boy, and grow up, and you know what he went through. And so when you see uh, you know, the difficulty Cora gives him and their interactions, and it's just so cool to get to see that that arc, to see someone who's a child and then see them when they're basically now an elder, you know, of like the best of the best, the air—I mean, because he was the last one, so it's not like where else would she have learned airbending? So. <laughs> uh. I lo- yes, that is a cool concept. I actually kind of got into this whole conversation very recently with Mr. A over what I believe uh is a thing that I like that I did like so which is how Cora occurs to me uh is more like a revival than uh a reboot or it's a okay. continuation, In what way? right? Like so this is my feeling. I was I was scrolling through Hulu and I came across something that said it was a revival of this of Upstairs Downstairs, and I was like, oh, how interesting. My sister really loved that show. I didn't watch it that much. It's a British thing, um, but it, but it sounded like from the little blurb that it was new, clearly from like the year and stuff, but that it was um, somehow linked to the original still so like I feel like it's the the feeling I get and I could be completely wrong I haven't watched it I don't know but the feeling I got just from the blurb was that it was following the Doctor Who blueprint which again wasn't a reboot it wasn't like they were like oh the old Doctor Who was no good so we're gonna do a new one it's um, what they call a soft reboot But the reason it occurs to me, I think, I think, revival is the better word because that's something that's been going on forever on Broadway, and it makes sense. I mean, that's what
0: Star Trek: The Next Generation was, right? Star Trek: The Next Generation was was a revival of Star Trek. It was in a
1: a way because, but here's the like it 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 was very different. That's and it called itself the Next Generation, so I feel like it's another chapter. It's a sequel, very specifically for that reason, and that was one of the things we kind of got into, but like. I, I like, and what I, f- I feel like I've come away from with is that I like a revival. I don't like a reboot unless it was needed. Unless I could see where, okay, yeah, that wasn't very good. Let's fucking start from scratch. Because the ho- the whole idea behind a revival, on Broadway at least, you know, it's it's theater, it's ephemeral, it doesn't stay. And so it had its run and it was like, God, that was fucking great. We should do that again. Like there's a whole generation of people who haven't seen it. And so I'm all for that as an idea uh, of, of, you know, now we let's do it again. And it's not necessarily about changing everything and making it so different and now we can do it better, but it's about the love of the thing and, and wanting to be able to share that now. And I think that with movies and with TV shows, when you talk about that, I think the difference for me, what occurs is if there's linkage to the past or it's it's not trying to say well that was crap and this is now good and I think most times I tend to fall on if it was so good the thing to do because we have the ability to with a movie let's just let's make it look good so that it's consumable by younger audiences and put it out there again
0: like, it's really interesting. There's a great conversation. First of all, um, I don't know if you realize that Jay and Sign the Bob reboot is now available. Uh, to, I to, to, to I uh, play
1: did play. actually see that. Um, you watched it? I was it? like, oh my, no no no! I saw it up there. I was like, oh my god! I really want to watch that. And I was so like, there is, and it was first on first Voodoo, all, so it's like really easy to just hit like buy, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, oh, you hit oh by, so tempted. you'll, jammed you'll jammed watch it again and again and again. <laughs> and again. Um,
0: it's there's a there's a real conversation in there. Although it's more of a joke than a conversation about the difference between a reboot and a and uh and, and a remake and a sequel. And you know, they they they, they say at one point they all go they go, then you get a reboot when all you've really done is repackage the same thing as the original one and put it up in shinier package just so you can pull along and squeeze a few extra dollars out of loyal fans who have otherwise given up on your franchise. And then they all turn and look at the camera and
1: say, <laughs> That's fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> um, which, which is... Uh Which is lovely.
1: Okay, let's talk about reboots and
0: franchises. Let's talk about uh, Star Trek: Picard. That's what we're here to talk about, right? Because then we got into
1: things like what? Because he's like, well, then what is DS Nine like in the Star Trek universe? Yeah, like it's a spinoff.
0: Yeah, it's a spinoff of a sequel. It's a spinoff of a sequel of really. Next Generation is not a sequel to the original series, but rather is a sequel to the original series movies. I feel, I feel like it has much more in common with your Star Trek twos and threes than it does with you know the Trouble of Tribbles.
1: I disagree. Uh, I think I think it is absolutely a sequel of the show and the movie.
0: I'll take it a step forward. But, I think it's a sequel it, of all the things it's a sequel to. It's like it started out as it seemed to me a sequel to Star Trek the Motion Picture. It very much had that same academic vibe when mm-hmm. Roddenberry was running the first season and then it was allowed to kind of grow into its own thing.
1: So it is And and then we got spinoffs the, and now we've got like a whole So Deep world. Space 9
0: Deep Space Nine is a spin-off to a sequel of a movie movie adaptation of a, <laughs> of a TV no, show.
1: No, I really, I I think the the line goes from it goes from the show. Then you've got the sequel continuation. I mean, I love that they specifically they still called it Star Trek, and it was very the next generation. It was like it could not be more clear. Like we are still in this place. We are just seeing what it's like now on that same ship, different crew. We're going forward. And then, well, then we I, have the I spin-off. Like so we've line. got interactivity between next-gen people and things on DS9. And Mr. A, having not seen um, either show nearly as much as, as you or I, uh, he was like, is there, I mean, c- crossover between the two? I was like, oh, absolutely. There definitely is when they were um, on at the same time. Which was a shorter period of time, admittedly, but yeah, there but were they things. There that- were little
0: things like Lurs and mm-hmm. Beator showing up looking for trilithium, which then is an an issue in Star Trek Generations, and then and then the the you know the Enterprise crashes. Well, and in there's the whole, So Worf the, is the Bajoran- looking for a job. So Worf finds himself on Deep Space Nine, and then the Defiant finds itself. In the battle of of the second Borg cube at the beginning of First Contact, like it, I mean, well, and Borg there's was even there's, to the, there's there's just a, there's, there's a, stuff
1: a... happening politically in the landscape and yeah. the time, like with the Bajorans and the like that whole Rolaren sure. episode, like really series of episodes that's really good, Um, you know, talking about the the Bajoran Cardassian like treaty, if you will, or really the, the treaty with the Federation and how that's affecting. Federation people and Bajorans and and one of my favorite episodes
0: of Voyager actually is the episode where they finally they finally get like uh, they finally get a message back from home and the Maquis on the ship realize that the Maquis have been wiped out.
1: They're like that um, shit's done by the Dominion.
0: And it's it's actually one of the really good episodes of Voyager where 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 especially B'Elanna and Chakotay are like everything that we, everything that we fought for, everything that we believed in is gone. It's gone. We, we got stuck here and all of a sudden, I mean, we, you know, we hear that they had their ups and downs, but that everybody has been completely obliterated by the dominion is. Yeah. That's some serious. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Some serious news. You Um, know?
0: So, so it's, I, 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 think it's good, I think it's a good place to start this conversation, because while we can say that Star Trek The Next Generation was indeed a, 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 a spinoff, I guess, or a sequel to the original series, it was vastly different uh, when, it, when it started off, especially the mm-hmm. first few episodes. It is, it is slow. It is academic. It is, um, the, the characters act differently. There's a, there's the, the action is, is not really in place the way that it was with the original series. It didn't kind of have that wagon train to the stars feeling that they were going for, uh, in, in it, there wasn't, you know, the, the, the corniness that could exist with that didn't exist. And there certainly were a bunch of people at the time who were fans of the original series who saw we this bald back. English man who was acting as a diplomat all the time uh, saying, this show is not fun the way my show was. This is not my Star Trek. This is not the way Starfleet works. Starfleet is a bunch of adventurers, and this is a bunch of diplomats on a cruise ship. What is this? And I think that that is an important place to start because there is yeah, a Yeah, because I, like cuz
1: here's the thing it's not like the, the, it I hear that that feeling but there were plenty of times they were doing diplomatic fucking missions on the original series, even though they only had three seasons, <laughs> so like they're just wrong about that. It's so interesting because it, it what it speaks but to the, it you, you ha- might you be to, why it's
0: tonally different. It is. I'm not saying
1: there's nothing different. different about it. Let me be clear about that. But so I, I think I the difference a, is more in, in in like the style of sure. the the captains and how they run the ship, and rather the than itself. the world. I, in, in the
0: world, but the, but of the show itself, and and when we jumped over to D Space Nine, same complaints. Now, I just had a really interesting conversation with Arthur over on Totally Super, and we were, we we also talked about Star Wars um, because you know that's what you do right now, um, and we talked about how some people really hated the Last Jedi, and somehow some people really hated this new one, and they would say things like, "That's not my Star Wars," and. And that that is... Um, or that's not how you make... That's not really Star Wars. And I think that w- he really hit on something to go, you know, there's no such thing. And it's a worthless term to go, that's not how something really is. Or that's not the way my thing is. That's not how you know, it should be. And and that it's a worthless term that that ultimately will lead to the phasing out of the thing that you love. If we wanted the original series and all we got for these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes was the original series. One, we'd all be tired of watching it because you can only do that so much. Two, if you're the kind of person who would have liked Voyager and they're like, oh, people like Voyager, let's just make Voyager. Or people like Discovery, let's just make Discovery. You and I have talked about this before that that something must be necessarily different if you're going to take, like if all the Bond movies just settled on, okay, we're going to be like Moonraker now. You know, like, like, yeah, there, like you've
1: got to you know, and, and I think that the thing about Picard sort of specifically, uh, I think I, I would consider it also a spinoff, not necessarily a continuation, because it's not a continuation of what's happening on the Enterprise, like the next, the next show where we're watching a crew um, with a new captain and a new crew on the Enterprise will be the would be the actual sequel as far as i'm concerned um to the next generation right that's what it would that's what the sequel would be everything else is is spin off is taking a place in world um and picard is a spin off of like what happened to him after the you know he was the captain for forever uh this great captain and it and it, it makes sense that it would be uh because of how much time has passed and now we're And the thing, too, is I know that a lot of people were kind of upset, I feel like, um, with the, hmm, there's sort of a darkness about what decision was made, um, at least what you see in the first episode. And I thought what was kind of cool in this second episode was that we got to see to hear, particularly when he's having a conversation with another admiral and saying, "Yeah." And hey, I want to I want to table plea. that
0: for a second. I, I, I want to leave just, that. It's just a leave little that as thing. our big discussion today because I think that's that is by far the most interesting discussion to have here. So I want to I want to give it, okay, that fine. its own lane all to right, drive in right, because right, that's right. the that's that's the big one.
1: But um, I'm just saying, that's it's things like that, though. That what I think people I think the trap when you get into that's not my whatever can be, and I'm certainly <laughs> guilty of it. Like, I'm not trying sure. to say I'm you and I, than you and I else. more than like, anyone. I, I mean, frankly, I, cer- I <laughs> certainly do that shit, right? Um, but at the end of the day, you don't get to decide, like, the artist does. It's like. And, and to some extent, the artist doesn't get to decide what you feel about it. It's like like when, I think when you um like people don't think about film and TV the same way as they think about like paintings and art pieces like that. And I think uh, that maybe they ought to a little bit more because the reality is it's very much in that way. It's like you as a creator of a thing, like let's say you're a painter and you paint this this painting and maybe when you were painting it. Um, you know, or you're a songwriter, and when you were writing this song, you were, like, so uh, broke up and and fucked up, and that was, it was just, it was expressing your pain, or you were painting this thing, and it was expressing your pain, and when someone else sees it, it connects with it, that's totally what they get. They're they're right there with you, like, my god, I felt, I feel, I was feeling that, I'm feeling that now, this speaks to it, oh god, yes. And then other people who that's not where they are in their life, where they've not had that experience or whatever, and they just take away something completely different, and you have no control over that. And that's why you, I feel like you're kind of getting into dangerous territory when you start deciding who who decides what it is. Like me, you, other, yeah, some other yeah. random fan. Yeah, you I know that
0: that's. I, I think that that ultimately. What is so wise right now about what Star Trek is doing is they have decided that they will make Star Trek that is not necessarily for me. And they've said, we are going to boldly go. <laughs> we're going to boldly decide to make to make Star Trek. That is we're, we're going to kind of aim at a bunch of different audiences and try to pull in a, you know our main Star Trek audience to watch all of it. But if we can pull some people in for this and some people in for this and some people in for this, we're fine with that. And mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily have to cross pollinate between the shows, which was really smart because what happened with the original with with by the time Voyager was on the air and then Enterprise and I've said this a lot I feel like Enterprise was just retreading Voyager plots and I feel like Voyager was just retreading Next Gen plots which is why of the Next Gen spinoffs DS Nine was so much different because DS Nine deliberately set out and said we're going to not do Next Gen and then I feel like right like we're gonna after, we're gonna
1: do this thing vastly different we're not we're not on a ship wait what. You know what yeah, I mean? And then like, when we get on a we're ship, static, a we're static. We're on a space station. We're, we're not yeah. going anywhere. Like you're yeah, not going I, I, anywhere.
0: <laughs> I, I think I think that Picard is is certainly skews toward an older audience. It's not as hip. You know, it's it's the it's the it's not the oldie station, but it's certainly the classic rock station. It's not the, <laughs> the it's not the top forty station, and it's sure it's it's willing to to be that and do that, but it also necessarily changes. And I think that. Again, we'll talk about the Admiral conversation later, um, but they the it, it both challenges and deepens your understanding of the world of Star Trek at this point at the end of the twenty fourth century. So I think that's a really interesting way to go. I'm going to go uh, and and just give you know sort of the tail of the tape. Uh, again, uh, I hate preparing anything, so I'm just going to read this right off of Wikipedia. Wikipedia. It's uh, episode two, Maps and Legend, also directed by Henel Culpe- Culpepper. Uh, the episode begins with the flashback of the attack on the Mars Utopia Planitia shipyards, which is doubly impactful if you've seen the short treks about it. I suggest yep. you do. I um, recommend that too. Following Dodge's death, 14, by the way, a chilling scene. Um, oh, God, uh, yeah. Like the scene just where the, and just it, chilling. And it looks like Data. He looks like, like eh. a... No, but Different. I mean, the eyes are yellow, the skin is yellow. Sure, he yeah, look like, like, there's he doesn't definitely... He like Brent Spiner, but he looks like... He he looks like he is you know he could have rolled up you, he, you know like Arnold Schwarzenegger is like one of the Terminators but then in the original Terminator there's another muscle guy walking around and he's clearly a Terminator but he's clearly not Arnold this is clearly an android but it's clearly not Data he doesn't quite act like him but the look is the same and I found that to be di- particularly disconcerting that it's it's Data skin it's Data's eyes but it's not Data yep. and and well and 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 soul. some
1: of the things they did to uh. Try to make it more uh, relatable for people, right? Like the smiling, the trying to get j- like just these little things that that data somehow did with heart, and that they that they did uh spookily without any. Do you know yeah, what I it's,
0: mean? It, it's what it's what it's how Brent Spiner could have gone with his performance of B four in Nemesis. It's like it's off it's off and it's off putting it approaches the uncanny valley and doesn't make it and it's 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 and the scene is brutal the brutality of that scene oh god the casual brutality with which he's just like boom 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 Yep. um uh uh well and we learn something
1: too like we watch and i love that too like because we've got the eyes and we see we see that it's being hijacked we see it being clearly hacked
0: yeah, it's 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 upsetting. It's an upsetting scene. Um, yeah. I did enjoy the banter and just kind of the uh, we got to work during first contact day. Like, it's, I loved that. Shit. Oh, I that loved was that great.
1: stuff. I I find it interesting that you did because I I find that pre- previously, like like when they would use curse words, I'm curious. Were you okay with the admiral saying you know I you fuck know, yeah, in this one?
0: Uh, um, you know what? I was because it was impactful. You know, ah. if the admiral had gone, if the admiral had gone. You know. Yo, fuck! This is just—it's just like the Aerosmith song. You should dream on. Yo, know, I'd, then I'd have a problem with it. You know,
1: <laughs> you're right. It was very impactful. Like it made purpose of the fucking gall.
0: Yo, know, like, <laughs> just if if, if, if if the admiral turned around and said and said, "Sure, I'll let you do it." Not, nah, they'd be like, "Okay, no, I'm I'm not." I'm not really okay with you. Don't need to make '90s references, Admiral. You're fine. So yes, I it was impactful, and and I I, I enjoyed the kind of lower decks aspect. I think I could be down. Um, it's interesting. There's a wonderful book called Red Shirts um, that I got into, um, that is worth a listener a read um, if you haven't read it by John Scalzi. Um, that is clearly characters on a on a show. Um, yeah, it's, it's that you might recognize. Anyway, um, we <laughs> cut forward 14 years uh, later and we're still after Dodge's death. And Picard is um, in a really interesting, sort of confusing, but very artfully done cutting back and forth between two different scenes intercut with each other. Um uh, almost, there, there's a little bit of editing douchebaggery happening here that it's it almost annoys me, but then I'm kind of <laughs> like, I, I'm kind of like, like, it, clearly they shot one scene and then the other, and they were like, well, it's a little slow. How can we make this a little better? Like, I honestly don't think it was written like that in the script. I think they shot one and they shot the other, and they're like, the episode is slow. What can we do to mix it up? And a very clever editor was like, what if we do this? We kind of cut between the two. Um, I thought it was neat. I do think that. One of the things I wanted to see in any show that brought me forward in the 24th century is new technology, which is hard to do. Um, There's a point somebody posted up that when data lists his speed in the beginning of next generation, he says he's something like I can do so many like like Taja quads of data or whatever it is. And I'm 60,000 times faster than any available computer. Like that's 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 something he lists. And he is only like two and a half times faster than computers that are available right now today.
1: Right.
0: By the amount of data he can process. So I love the idea that they've introduced this thing that they can recreate a scene in there based on the way that like the DNA and the light photons happen to have hit things and they can use that to sort of do forensic stuff. I think that was, that was pretty cool. That was fucking
1: super cool. Um, Yeah. I definitely, uh, I actually, so I really have a thing for uh, that character because i loved her character um she's actually from into the badlands okay and she's awesome on that show and she's awesome in this show i like her in this show as well uh it took me a while to realize i think it wasn't until this episode that it was clear that 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 both she and uh her husband life mate whatever uh that live with picard or that they were that they were romulans that was unclear uh to me you thought maybe
0: they might be vulcans
1: yeah um because it, it wasn't like she was particularly until this episode particularly uh emotional well they and- you know, somebody
0: posted one of our one of our fans um I don't know if it was, i wish I could remember. I don't want to. I don't want to say one person if it was somebody else, but well, somebody posted um, on the tr- from the Trekov feeds directly to me, asking, "What's with the foreheads? Because they don't look like Romulans anymore. Why don't they look like Romulans? You know, they just look like Vulcans." And I think, especially with the men, you uh, you really can see they are reading. They're wearing a subtle head prosthetic. I don't know if the women are, but the men are clearly wearing a subtle head prosthetic. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that what they're doing is they have deliberately decided to keep the shape of the foreheads in line with what Nero looked like in Star Trek 2009, Um, where, yes, he had the tattoos over his house face, but he did, in fact, he was wearing a prosthetic. It just wasn't as pronounced as the next-gen you know, kind of V prosthetic, the prosthetic that Mm -hmm. I wore when I was a Romulan, which we're going to talk about.
1: Um, (laughs) um, Well, I I wonder if to some extent it's on purpose because um, we are in the future, and we're in a future post- um with it from next gen sort of specifically where spock goes to the romulans and we i mean we find out at some point that they're like essentially the they're from the same stock we
0: we we we, we um, knew that all the way back in the original series In the original series they were just vulcans they looked like vulcans
1: Right. So but I think it was I, I think what was really interesting is like the fact that there once I realized they were there, I was like, this feels like a purposeful choice uh, based on the fact that Spock specifically went to Romulus to try to help them with sort of a revolution uprising situation going on of a more like not wanting to be the, you know, the the Romulans as we knew them, them wanting to be a little more peaceful and, and not so... Okay, so let's uh, let's
0: have this conversation. This is one of the things that I wanted to hit in this episode, and this is a good a good enough time to, to hit it. Um, the future history of the Romulans is something that you would guess that I am, in particular, really interested in. Romulan um, Romulan Romula culture. I had this conversation with Mrs. J. And up until this point where you have so many Romulans in this show, but really, even now... I'm going to make a bold claim. Are you ready? I never saw any Romulans uh, at, the, um, at the Star Trek experience in Vegas. I never saw any there in the uh, 15 years it was there. There might have been. So if there were then, I defer to them. But other than those, I would say that there are not 15 people on the planet who On the planet Earth, who spent more time playing a Romulan than I have. I'm going to put that out there. Um, here here, here are my credentials, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yes, it was at a theme park, but we took it super seriously because the theme park was paramount. Yes, we were trained to, especially in the first two years I did it, by someone specifically... Um, who was involved in the franchise to train us to be the most realistic versions, although they was all fish-out-of-water comedy. Just because Kirk was in you know, 1985 or 1984 in Star Trek 4 doesn't mean that he wasn't still Kirk. And it, he was funny, but he was still Kirk. He was just out of water. We were doing the same thing with our Romulans and Klingons. They were absolutely playing within the context of the show. And I spent a lot of time thinking about playing that Romulan. Because that was my job. I got paid really well for the time to do it. Um, and so I have spent more time contemplating what a Romulan is than any... Than, than I, I, you couldn't find 15 actors who've spent more time doing it than I have. Um, so I am so interested... In I learned I studied Romulans. I study every Romulan episode. Um, uh, Balance of Terror, a little less so because we're in the next gen era. The episode where uh, where Troy gets kidnapped and is basically taught how to be a Romulan by Mm -hmm. other Romulans was like our Bible. Was our Romulan Bible. Because essentially he said, this is this is the way that you need to act. This is the blueprint a for
1: a Romulan. If you're gonna be a Romulan, yeah.
0: <laughs> And same thing, same thing. The one with Spock reunification also has you know, Picard and data pretending to be Romulans. So there's an, a lot t- teaching there. But I got really deep into it, and really, there was only one Romulan word that I remember ever being spoken, which was a curse word, varul, um, which is basically the same thing as patak for Klingon, um, and that's from <laughs> that's from the defector. Um, there, uh, there are. things think the another factor. In any case, um, there is a uh, th- th- there is a, an emptiness where the Romulans are involved. So here's the future history of the Romulans as far as I've gotten from this episode. It is this. You had renu, you reunification was happening where there was going to be uprisings on Romulus, but the uprisings on Romulus never really amounted to much. Spock, according to Star Trek 2009, was still on Romulus, working with the Romulans and trying to help them integrate into more galactic uh, politics. But as of Star Trek Nemesis, which is 18 years prior to this, the Romulans are still, one Senate rises, another Senate falls, and there's still this turnover in Romulan leadership, and the Romulan Empire is still very secretive, but there is a a real hole in their their government where Shinzon is able to step in with the Remans, who really do the first Romulan takeover, where the Remans take over Romulus and decide that they are going to destroy Romulus Earth and start a big galactic thing. And the old Romulan guard steps in and helps Picard fight Shinzon. And stop the scimitar from doing what it's going to do, leading to. uh, And then at the same time, um, you have had just prior the Romulans helping out with the Dominion War and taking losses and fighting with honor. And eventually, you know, uh, eventually you have a bit of peace. Then you Mm -hmm. have, you know, they they retract a little, they become a little more secretive. And then you have the explosion of Romulus, where Spock and Starfleet are trying to help. They fail to help. And you have, they say, 900 million Romulans have survived. Those 900 million Romulans are now refugees. It seems they are working very extensively. They seem to have control over this old Borg cube. It seems to be a Romulan installation, but they have some kind of agreement going with the Federation, and that Federation people seem to also be working on this cube. So well, they they seem of- to
1: be allowed to like. It seems to be like yeah, what I'm getting so far, and that and that's kind of unclear. Um, with the whole Borg cube uh, situation, is that is a some kind of a research outpost? that seems to be belong to and be run by Romulans. And yes. that but that but they are out in there. Right, but they are a part of it. the global community in that, like, there's a trill in this episode who uh is on this, you know, we've got the human, obviously, the twin sister is on there. so um there's clear like there's clearly relations between romulans pleasantries if you will like so they're not like at war and it's not like we don't like you and you can't come anywhere near our shit so there seems to be an an implication of some level of of peace there
0: yeah so now you have the jat vash which is you know they're the Tal Shiar, but even worse. You know, because you got to do that. I was like, you know, we have
1: never th- even heard of this before. Like, it's just yeah. like all of a sudden, no, you think the Tal Shiar, oh no, hell no, 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 no. No, the, no, the, no. You know, but this, this is going to
0: be just like the Tal Shiar was. Like, the Jat Vash, it's going to be like Section 31 by like two seasons from now. Everyone's going to know who they are.
1: <laughs> but right
0: now, they're the worst right. ever.
1: They're um, the worst. And I, I did like, though, like, the, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it is a. Um, it is, it is a fragile piece at, yeah. at best because when she's doing her little sweep and she's like, yeah, but I mean, it's not really enough information. It's faulty, blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, that's what we wanted you to think. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's such a fucking Romulan thing to do. To like, yes, we have this technology. I mean, yeah, but it's kind of unreliable. and it I was so really- excited
0: you got to hear Romulan really spoken in this. Like, they were speaking Romulan. In this, which was really kind of wonderful to hear it spoken, <laughs> um, it really excited me as a Romi, as a former Romulan. It was sure. really exciting to me to see that you know they're my peeps. You know my peeps are getting some props. Um, <laughs> but the but like the the future the future history of the Romulans are really interesting to me because I feel like to date they are still have never had their due. They've never had their moment in the sun. They were supposed to be the big bad guys of next gen, but that became the Borg. And then also the Klingons, the Romulans were kind of in the background. And then the Cardassians the came in near the end and took over the Romulan role because they wanted to have a tie-in to DS9. They were sort of side characters in the DS9. They barely existed on uh, on Voyager. They they There was a presence from the Romulans in season four of Enterprise, but that never got to come to fruition. And then by the time you get Romulans in the movies, you see a bunch of dead Romulans in Star Trek Generations. And then you get finally Romulans as bad guys in um in Star Trek 09 but they're not really acting like Romulans. They're a bunch of PTSD Romulans who are super emotional because everything they know is lo- and loved is gone. They're like they're they're just basically a bunch of space pirates at this point. They might they couldn't so, yeah. in any race. The fact that they were Romulans yeah. didn't play into they didn't act like Romulans because they had been through some shit. Um, yeah. so like to finally see like the Romulans in this are are shadowy and I don't quite know what's going on and they're scary and they're like a shadow organization more so than mm-hmm. I even remember them ever, them ever being before. They seem like they, they're refugees, but you care for them, but they're also kind of scary. and And what do we do?
1: Oh, well, definitely. How do we this? Well, that's what I'm saying. Then and then you've got this other. I don't know. She was she ad- another admiral uh, captain. Like, I'm not sure what her rank is.
0: Yeah, Admiral O, who is secretly Romulan.
1: Right. No, not O. And so, o I'm
0: sorry, Commodore, Commodore O, who's working Commodore. with, um, who's working uh, with the Romulan.
1: Right. And so she, but she, and I was like, but is she a Romulan or is she a Vulcan? Because again, I think everybody thinks she's Vulcan because you have
0: the Vulcan symbol in front of her. Like, there's a Vulcan okay. symbol on her desk, but then you find out that that she is actually well, because initially actually, I
1: thought maybe she was in fact Romulan, and that's why. But she was keeping an eye on, you know, bad eggs, if you will. Uh, she's, either, in- she's
0: either a Vulcan, a, a Vulcan who sides with the Romulans, or she's actually a Romulan. And then, of course, Lieutenant Rizzo, who appears human, is actually a Romulan. And I don't know that, right. that Commodore O actually knows that Rizzo. Wa- it's all very shady. And I'm not sure what's going on, which is, of course, I can tell you what the Romulans want you to feel. (laughs) That's what that's what the Romulans feel. Absolutely. Yep. Um so seeing Romulans be really Romulan, so great. Just so like personally, for me personally, I was like, that's like you gotta understand like, when you spent three years playing and, and, and writing, because I got to write my character's arc, and his arc would change over the course. Of, we had a whole thing. I know it's stupid, because we just walked around and took pictures, right? It's like, that's what we did. Oh, take it's a picture, stupid. Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Mr. But. Vulcan, live long and prosper. I am not a Vulcan. Okay, good. Smile. Like, I get that that's <laughs> what we were doing. But to make it but, interesting. I mean, they take we,
1: it very seriously like in Disney as well, like the stuff that I've read about you're seeing on YouTube videos about how intensive it is to be a Disney princess. Like they ain't fucking around neither. And again, you're doing the same thing. You're just taking pictures with people pretty much. And yet, you know what I mean? So there's,
0: there was an expectation of interiority that, that we were to bring to them. And so that, especially the first two years I did the last year, not as much. Um, but it was, uh, it, it was, um, wonderful to see that in any case. um, uh, at, the Romul- at, the, uh, at the Romulan at the re- at the Romulan reclamation site, a relationship between Soji and Narek is flourishing. Now, do you- I never trust this dude? Right, this dude is like. Oh yeah, like, no. This- he might as well be twirling a mustache. It's just like, like yeah. he's clearly a bad dude. Picard yeah. appears to, appeals to Starfleet uh, for a ship denied by Admiral Clancy. We're going to hit that. So he decides to begin assembling his own crew, inviting Agnes Jurati and the estranged Rafi Musiker. Meanwhile, Clancy informs Commodore O's of Picard's request in the good faith and asks her to look into it. O notifies the secretly Romulan Lieutenant Rizzo to save her under, uh, undercover operative to stay on mission. And via Holy Communicator, Rizzo speaks to Narek, her operative and brother. Brazil warns narrative that if he does not persuade Soji to reveal the location of other synthetic, synthetics, she would be forced to take more extreme measures. There is other great stuff: Picard's conversation with an, a former member of the um, of the Stargazer, where he realized that that syndrome that Doctor Crusher found um, at the end yep. of Next Gen is starting to reveal itself, and he has yep. limited time. He is yep. it is he is going to be dying in the next few, you know months to years from yeah. the like they don't like from the exact same syndrome that was such a big deal at the end of next gen um, there's an interesting part of that conversation uh, where they're like he's like I need to get a crew and they say what are you going to get riker or troy and or i LaForge? love this
1: part too he's like and no. he's
0: like no i can't
1: i can't because they, they would, would do it in a second so and I cannot do that to them. Like so and I love that because I do need a reason. I need a reason why those are not the people that are doing this with him.
0: Yeah, and it, and um, it's a
1: re and that reason makes sense. It works. It makes sense like to me, except
0: that he's like, I don't want to put their lives in danger. I'd rather put the lives of strangers in danger.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> oh <laughs> bullshit, whatever. He's I, human. You know, Everybody feels human... that way. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, but here's I the thing. think it's it it bounced off me because I I. I recognized that that's what they needed to do, and so sure that
1: it was obviously there to explain why. Yeah, it's and, not and, them. And,
0: and 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 while I'm while I'm teasing it and I'm giving it a hard time, I think it was done about as well as it could be done. You know, it's 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 it's. it's perfectly acceptable it's not wonderful but it's acceptable but there is something interesting in there we have now learned Worf is still alive and active we've learned that riker's still alive we'd learn later about Tro- uh we know that troy's going to be from the from the trailers we know that um uh, laforge wharf uh riker are still alive no mention of crusher
1: agreed and i wonder about that i don't know what's like, going on there why
0: would you not even wouldn't she be the first person that you met now i'm she is not necessarily his ex-wife um, she, because, you know, Troy in, in that feature- I, what I
1: hope, and, and as much as I'd like to see her in the show because of the way that it's gone down so far, what I hope is that she was his wife and she's dead.
0: That's bizarre coming from you. Where's Alexia and what have you done with her?
1: I'm just saying like, I would rather that than there's just no mention of her. She's just gone or like yeah, they were married. They got divorced, and she fucking hates his guts, or what? Like, I just, I, I'm okay with that. The romance matters it, more to me for those characters, um, the oh, love that see, existed I, between them. But in, matters in the final episode
0: of Next Gen, she did divorce him. And that maybe there was a spark again, but you know, I'm okay. Like, but here's what I would love because they're breaking these up and I think they're going to put these five episodes and a little break and then in five more episodes. I would love if the end of the fifth episode, the big secret that you don't know is that she shows up and yeah, she does fucking hate his guts, but they redeem it. And, and they're able to like, I want her in the story. She's too important to have died off screen and there are no pictures of her. He's not contemplating her. I don't want him to be, you know, I want it to be that she's persona non grata, that they don't speak. And that's why he's, she's not mentioned. Because if she was his wife and she's dead, and we've now gone two episodes, and he's dreaming about data, but he's not, there's not a single photo of her in the house. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm put off by the lack, if she's dead, if she's his, his beloved dead wife, I am put off by the lack of her her mention then I would be otherwise, like like huh. i i I, feel I don't understand like so
1: why you would rather have her be there and 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 they hate each other. I just that's so bizarre it's so weird because that you know that what because be because uh, <laughs> I, I have I have the
0: answer to you because someone very wise once said to me that the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. um, and if she's treated with indifference, if she's dead and it's just something that happened and he's moved on, then that's indifference and that's the opposite of love. Coming across someone that you hate is actually a, a relationship that can then be redeemed. And I don't think that the show would have you meet her and they hate each other and then they part still hating each other and they're walking away and go, ah, oh boy, she really thinks I'm an asshole, huh? <laughs> like, I just don't, like, I don't see so them you're saying Okay,
1: that. I could be on board with, they had enough of a falling out maybe in fact over the same thing that made him leave starfleet like well and then that, and then and then, that then what that you have is, you, is enough you have... of a schism and they they wind up back together Then i'm okay with it but which is, like, which what i'm not okay this... with is just her kind of right now where the only way it's okay that i haven't heard mentioned talk whatever is like is cuz she's fucking been dead for a long time <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a, because if she's dead for a long time, I want to see, you know, I want him not externally where anybody else can see, but in his quiet moments, I want him to be like that dude from Up. You know what I mean? If she's oh, yeah. dead, if she's dead, I want him I don't why is he fucking dreaming of Data who died 18 years ago? His wife like like 18 years ago Crusher was alive, 18 years ago. Now, and Data died 18 years ago, but he never got over Data's death. But they got married. She died, and like he's like, well, you know,
1: it happens. <laughs> I see your plenty, point. Plenty
0: of other space fish out there. You know, <laughs> like, <it's, yeah. laughs> plenty of space fish in the Dune Sea. Like it's, I'm, like I would not be okay with her being dead. I until, see what you're saying. I feel like the absence of her name in that conversation means something. It's got it better.
1: I mean, at this point. Why
0: would you bring up LaForge? It's not like he was really close with LaForge. Like he and LaForge were good working mates. They were they they worked well together. But he was
1: close with all of them. That's but but you didn't
0: get look, he was like a a, he was like a father to Data. He was like a brother to Riker, he was a mentor to LaForge, and he was a really good boss. To, or, or who was a mentor to uh, to Worf, who was a really good boss to LaForge, but I never got anything more than a working relationship out of them. Or let me phrase it in this way. Data, one of Data's primary re- relationships was Picard. In fact, I would say his primary relationship in the show was to Picard. And Worf's primary relationship in the show was also to Picard. And Riker's primary relationship is split equally b- between Picard and Troy. The Forge's primary data relationship in the show was clearly data. to Data, and, yeah. and 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 then to the ship, never to Picard. And look, I think that's true of Scotty. I never really felt that Scotty was super loyal to Kirk. You know, you know, I it was it's not the mention of Kirk being garbage uh, that makes Scotty start a fight. It's when the Klingons go, they should be called away as garbage, and he's like, "Fuck you." Like, okay. you no, know, it's
1: the ship. You're right. So, yeah. So, so,
0: so I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. His he's. Actually, in fact, not even just the ship. Geordi's primary relationship, and I love this, as a, as the father of a son, like the son I have. His primary relationship after Data is to engineering, not not, yeah. not the ship, but to, sure to being an engineer and to, and a, and a real honest heartfelt love for how awesome engineering is. Yeah. Um, and i'm down with that it's cool like frankly it's what you would expect on a ship full of scientists it's cool that one of them is like super into being a scientist and not just playing the trombone you know like it's like i think i i, I think that, that that that's fine so the mention of, of laforge but you don't say crusher it's got to be it's not just like the writers were like pulling names right you had to imagine they're writing the list well i mean yes do i do
1: i i believe especially since we know um like that outside the show we know that um that patrick stewart is involved yeah well and means- not
0: just and not just that look i can tell you that that at this level of writing at the, even on any level of writing if i am writing a, a, a like a show of this import and i know how much people are going to be looking at it and frankly you you have you have people like 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 Akiva Goldsman and Alex Kurtzman um, writing the show Alex Kurtzman who you know who was significantly I believe Alex Kurtzman is one of the guys who and I'm looking carefully to see if this is true um, he worked uh, oh interesting he worked on Alias um, he worked on he did not work on Lost but he worked on Fringe he knows he he learned at JJ Abrams hand and J.J. Abrams is about what's called a mystery box. The idea of we're going to make you, the audience, go, huh? And if you do your job right later on, that huh gets answered. And her I feel like the absence of her name in that list is clearly to make you go, huh? Wait a second. Sure. Like this conversation we're having I think is exactly what they want us to be having but because they're good writers, and I believe they are good writers, this is a conversation that they are going to answer. It's they've it's a setup and then they're gonna knock it down on episode five or six. Mark my words. And one way or the other, maybe she is dead. Maybe someone brings up Crusher and he goes, Don't talk don't, don't speak. And he yeah, he loses
1: his shit on them, like or goes really yeah, and they really stoic. And it's yeah, like he doesn't fucking talk about that shit. Like yeah. he hasn't really dealt with it you know like
0: maybe he led to the death of maybe he led to the death of wesley or something and she won't like that i could see him leading to wesley's death if wesley's dead and that's something that would make her turn on him and you go okay and i'm a kind of semi-okay with wesley being dead because good old will wheaton is the host of the after show for picard which i don't want wesley on this show but i love will wheaton so i think it's 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 really nice that they're like, "Hey, it's the will, best way. we can't, way. We can't have you on the show." The, uh, but what we're gonna do is, we're gonna give you your own show. How about that? You have a show, yeah. Have a show on CBS All Access. Like, it's, it's awesome. I love that. That's the case. Like, I, I so dig that that's the case.
1: Um, that you're right, and that would that would be enough. Like, and yeah. she wouldn't even want it to be. It wouldn't be. It would be against her own will, so to speak. <laughs> uh, yeah, no or pun she could intended. just be,
0: or she could just be, you know, you know, I. I can't be around. I you.
1: can't look at you. I can't be around you, you, you. Like yeah. You brought
0: me my. You brought me my husband's body. Then you brought me my
1: sons. And then you brought me my sons. I can't do this. Yeah, like, I just can't.
0: Yeah, and that's what this show does. That would be and then, believable. And then you you hit that in a couple of episodes this season, but you have that as an arc planned for the second season. Like you you say that they cannot be near each other in this season, and then of course in the second season you are already setting up something where they have to be near each other, right? that's what you Mm. do. You set up like, like if you're very smart in what you're doing, you set up things that you're going to hit in the later season, which now when you run into her in the later season, the fact that they're forced to work together for the greater good later means so much because you, because you're not, you, maybe you haven't, you don't get any resolution this season, but that what you're doing is you're setting up an intense three episode arc in a later, you know what I mean? Like, I think these are, these are really kind of key, key questions that I'd love to see answered. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have come to the point of the show where we're going to have uh, our big discussion that I that made us delay. Picard does go to Starfleet headquarters where they, in a, in a lovely nod, play the next gen theme, which I kind of dug. Like everyone's next gen looking, uh, ne- next gen looking uniforms. They're playing the next gen thing. There's a shot of the Enterprise D. He goes mm-hmm. up and it's it seems very familiar. This we've seen this. This might as well be Admiral Admiral Nechev. I I heard rumors that there was talks of this being Janeway, and I can see how on a surface level, it would make a lot of sense to make this Janeway. This is where, if you were not as thoughtful as you could be, it would be an easy cameo. You know what I mean? It's like, this is sure. where she would belong. If but it not would have been a thoughtful. bad idea. Yeah, it would have, A, for those people who loved Voyager, detracted from her character. It would have, B, been distracting from the scene. And I think they very wisely give you a new admiral. But um but I've read a Agreed. number of articles, number of articles saying it's clear that the first draft of this was let's have it be Janeway because she almost speaks in Janeway's voice. And then it's clear that a second draft was like, we don't want this scene to be about how it's Janeway and it, this might not be fair to Janeway to do. And, and it's and,
1: not because I don't I it, where this uh Yeah we'll talk the about the information this scene, but, we this, get in this conversation and where this um, this admiral lands does not feel like Janeway, uh, no. and not that I, you know, even. And this is coming from me who didn't care for that show that much, that didn't even care for Janeway that much. Um, but there are people like, to whom she
0: is precious, and sure.
1: But I'm just saying, like, it's it's not worth the cameo, because the reality is, if I if you're gonna show me her as an admiral and he comes to her for help, Janeway's going to give it to him. Yeah. Janeway had
0: better be a hero because like I said, there are people, there are people for reasons I don't understand for whom Voyager is their favorite show. So, so you know what? Let's not take a dump on them with your brand new second episode of your new show.
1: Let's just, you know, and not just, not not just to have, not just to have that, that presence to have the, Oh look, see it's Janeway. I would much rather him run into Janeway. And she does him some small little favor off the book, like you know what yeah. I mean. Like I would much rather that be the cameo we get for Janeway later on in the show than have it have been this moment, which fucks her character up. Yeah, and I, it's not I, cool. I agree. Like I, think I wanted, they, I I want to be angry with this woman. I want to can, be able to be angry with. But her. But you
0: can tell in a first draft that it might have been Janeway. Like you can tell she's the right age, she's the right temperament. She's, sure. You know, where she lands isn't the same. It's it, it again speaks to. You know, for those of you who want to criticize Star Wars for being too cameo-ish, it speaks to the thoughtfulness.
1: Of yeah, the the, show. Re- the yeah the the moment of going okay, but is it worth is it worth this moment of fan service to Alexia, fuck I, up well, what I, we're building? I would bet you
0: <laughs> I, I would bet you twenty bucks that the conversation was had. Should we have this be Janeway? And someone said yes, someone said no, and they spent an hour sitting across a table talking about it, and they're going, you know what? Let's not. And that is what's called a thoughtful writer's room, where let's consider yep. everything, and let's, sure. let's pair away the things that don't work. And so I think that that's, like, that's super fair and, and and a really, really good choice. So he comes in and sees this admiral, and it's a very familiar scene, right? This could have been Admiral Necheyev from Next Gen. We've seen this yep. scene a bunch of times, where he comes in and he asks the admiral, the admiral pushes back, and he either convinces the admiral... And he gets what he wants, or he compromises the Admiral and he gets what he wants, or he doesn't get what he wants. He's like, okay, I'm going to do it anyway, which is what he does. But what he's never encountered right. is the level of anger and dismissal. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That she unleashes. And, it,
1: and, it, and you get it too, because she's like, you think I don't watch? You think I didn't see you and what you said? Do you know what the I mean? Fucking like hubris. The fucking the, hubris. Yes, the sheer fucking hubris. Like you, just because you're John Luke Picard, <sighs> you're gonna come in here and I'm gonna give you a ship and a whatever group? you want, get the fuck out of here. Like it's and it's a great it's a powerful moment. I love it. Because it doesn't even feel like like, ah, uh, it's not about making this woman a bitch, right? No. And I, it I, very easily could have been. As a matter of fact, I'm with her. It's like, I love it. It's like, yeah, the sheer fucking hubris. It silently addresses addresses a problem
0: I've always had with Star Trek, which is like they're constantly giving ships and crews to people to kind of do whatever the fuck they want. You know, like, like they're, they're just like, I need a sh-. Like, in, in Next Gen, it would be, I need, I need a shuttlecraft and a crew of three. I volunteer, I volunteer. I don't think you should. It's important. Okay. Like, it's like, I've seen that a bunch. <laughs> so for him to come in and assuming things are going to be like they were back in 1987, mm-hmm. and she's like, fuck you. A, you're old and irrelevant, and the ageism of not her, because she's not young, but the ageism in the scene... I'm good to see you up and about again. The the you know, I in my job, I work with a lot of people who are uh, in the twilight years of their life. And I've worked with people who are not important now in any kind of um in any kind of political or 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 business sense, but were at one time captains of industry, masters of the universe, and they're boiled down to being old guy in a rocking chair. And and you know, we see them as young people ourselves from the outside looking in, going, look at that. But like the fact that it puts you in Picard's head as mm-hmm. clearly everyone's giving him sort of like the deferring respect, like like we respect like like you know, the way you gotta respect. Well, I think Grandpa. it honestly
1: I think it starts before he even reaches her office. And I and I love like there's something there's something about that moment that that gut punches you a little bit. Yeah. When this guy asks for his name. Yeah. I, like he the you know knew, who the, the guy fuck knew who he was. He is. So the
0: guy, the guy was was fucking with him a little bit. The guy knew who he was. I think the guy you knew think who he so?
1: was. So that was not the feeling I got.
0: I got the I got the feeling they wanted that shot for the trailer. Like I really do. Like the guy then goes, "It's good to see you up and again about again." He just gave this giant speech. You know, like it was a big deal that he did what he, what he did. The fact that he walked off of, was going to be news fodder. You know, this is Starfleet headquarters. This is access to the admiral's office. I'm sure that like yeah i don't know it's 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 a it's a reasonable question but the ageism even from the people at home the people who love him it's all sort of like you can't do this you're too old you don't you don't matter anymore it's not your time go home
1: yeah your time's over go home man um,
0: but the addition of the anger and the xenophobia you know the 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 september 12th 2001 xenophobia i mean not
1: just that like it was what i liked about it honestly was that it gave us this other perspective on the incident that we didn't have and i love that because that's what star trek does because when you hear her being like you know you you've boiled this down to something you've and you've made it this simplistic thing that it isn't it's complex and you fucking know it and that's the reality of shit like this. That's well, the and that's reason. What, you know, if
0: you listen to what I was saying before the show came out, this is what I want because right now yeah. I guarantee that Gene Roddenberry would hate this show. This scene, he would turn on the show the way that Lucas has turned on the 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 Star Wars sequels. He would go, "This is bullshit. This is the exact opposite. The exact opposite of what it was supposed to be." I was trying to give them a utopia. And I get it. And if you're a Roddenberry loyalist and you are angered by it. Um, I think the show wants you to be because Starfleet's supposed Mm -hmm. to be better than this. And frankly, maybe there are people right now who are looking at the utopia they used to think they lived in and going, wow, we're supposed to be better than this. Um, And I think the show is deliberately putting you out of your comfort zone to make you consider these things. And what I said is I said, you know what? Let's break the world. Let's break Roddenberry's vision in order to put Picard as the moral center to go, let's go back to the way we were supposed to be. You know, he didn't say because Starfleet went bad. He goes, because it wasn't Starfleet because Starfleet was something. And now it is not that thing. And the better Mm -hmm. thing is to be what we were And
1: here's the reality. And I think that that's why I can get on board with it is a, it is the Star Trek that we need now uh, because it is about, it is a reflection of what is sure. is happening not just here but globally
0: as good science fiction should be
1: as it should yes and and, and it's and it's making a point in this conversation in particular there's so many levels happening here that this is a more complex situation than he lets on that he's saying, but it isn't because the simp- the simplicity is lives are lives and that yeah. trumps everything else. And just like all of the arguments are in there. And the thing is, they're both old people, right? Let's just call it what it is. They're both old and they've both been there through all the same shit. And the fact that they are coming out on such wildly different sides, um, is happening today in our world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: in that and the and the reality is when you don't learn from the past, you're doomed to repeat it. And we're just people. We're just humans. We're not we're not perfect. And as perfect and even when you know, Starfleet was quote unquote perfect, they didn't always do everything right. Even in even in the original series, you know? Like There were captains that did fucked up shit. There were admirals that did fucked up shit. Because the reality is that as perfect as an idea like the Federation can be, uh, when people are involved and we are imperfect beings that that are a part of said system, it's inherently going to still have imperfections. and And the reality is that given enough time, everything's on a fucking pendulum. Like at some point, it'll be perfection and 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 all inclusivity and all good things and everything's great but then by by that same measure at some point there's going to be someone or something or some series of things that happens that that twitches that pendulum the other way and now i mean it was just so interesting because i I, you know obviously i've gotten you know more feminist in my old age (laughs) um and there's certain things that i think that i regret that I used to think that I feel like, wow, I didn't even realize I was programmed some certain way. Uh, and I was, and when you watch something like this and it just, it feels like, like when I watched some eighties movies and I'm like, wow, look at this, this like all female cast or look at how, how this character is. She's a woman and she's amazing. And, and it's, and it doesn't matter that she's a woman. It's like not this big deal. Um, and, and people of, of color and roles and all sorts of things that are happening in the 80s. And I'm like, what happened? Like where did we get like, how did we get to a place where all of a sudden, it's like th- then then there's so much misogyny and and apparently racism is still very alive and, and well. and like, what? It's confusing. Yeah, think, well and I it's like that- because that shit happens, you know, you have a moment of uh, of everybody, Going, oh hey, you're gay, cool. That's no big deal. Like, oh, you're whatever, like cool. Uh, then that becomes too cool, and then everybody. There's just it's like a balance thing with, I guess, the universe or something that by by the very nature of progress, then there's like a a sliding back, if you will. Well, and and, I and if they've gotten as what perfect I hope this as they show got,
0: is, what I hope this show <laughs> is is. That he is the lightning rod. That he is the thing that that starts the pendulum swinging the other way. Which means the second right. season can be. I don't want it to reach the destination at the end of the season, but I want to get the sense that we're pointed in the right direction, and that can make the next season a little more hopeful and a little more like okay, but there's work to be done and there are obstacles to overcome in order to get mm-hmm. to where we need to get. But um,
1: there's a but that but we can get there. Yeah, it's not I think, an unattainable think, goal.
0: And that's precisely what I wanted this show to be. And so
1: Agreed.
0: far, you know, there are people yeah, complaining. So far, oh, when, are, when is he going to get to space? There's a lot of of chessboard moving, and there is. You know, frankly, there is. But I've always kind of dug that. I've always in it. Like I've always said, my favorite thing about Star Trek was the intergalactic politics. I just loved it. That's why I like DS Nine. And there's a lot of it in this. Um, I do. I love s- it.
1: It's interesting. It's intriguing.
0: Um, it's so, interesting. So the show and, so far, and frankly,
1: at a time when, like, I don't know about you, but when I was like young, I didn't know what was happening politically at all, you know. And I don't know that that's good. I don't know that I should that I should have had no idea. I mean, like, all the way through, like, easily college, I
0: probably never even voted. Well, and I, I I think that this is saying, hey, everybody, take you know, let's remove the characters, let's remove America, let's look at everything and go. <coughs> how do you feel? And let's not vilify the other side. Let's give the other side no. a point. Because you vilify the other side, it's easy to knock it down. It's a straw man argument. Oh, but agreed. If you go, okay, no. let's, let's let's see their point, but then counter their point And go, mm-hmm. yes, and that's I, what I understand love where you're coming from, but what about this? But what and about, I think that's, a, exactly. that's a great way to... And I so, think so, it's,
1: that's the thing. That's what we need from Star Trek. Like, it's supposed to, it is supposed to, has always been, I feel, and what has made it relevant and what I think, despite what you Said at some point, I think we'll make it uh, stand the test of time. Is that it is meant to encourage these conversations, not to tell us specifically what is right and wrong, but is to say, hey, here's the thing. Some things are very simple and some things are a little more complicated, and you need to fucking talk about it. Have a real conversation about it. Like, stop fighting for a second. Like, stop letting your computers just kill each other. Do you guys just walk into the death chamber because it's cleaner that way and deal with the ravages of war because that's why people don't do it (laughs) because it would, because it sucks, because it's awful. And if there's no real deterrent, if it doesn't really interrupt your day-to-day life, of course you're still at war however many centuries later. Like just things like that. And that's the original series, man. And it's yeah, agreed. Th- it's meant to have to spark those conversations, not to it, it. I just, I love that. And I love that. This is absolutely doing that, which to me means it is fulfilling. It's it. It's star Trekness. If you will. <laughs> the next it's episode sold. is going to be
0: called the end is the beginning also directed by the same uh, woman before we get to uh, um, absolute candor directed by Jonathan Frakes and stardust city rag also directed by Jonathan Frakes. Um, I am uh I am thrilled with where this show is going. Um I can't Agreed. wait for Thursday. Like like it's, I know. it's and you know what? I'm glad it's not there to binge. Frankly. I
1: kind I disagree of disagree with you a thousand percent. Yeah,
0: but you know what? You know why? Because we wouldn't be having this conversation, Alexia. We would be you know, you we would have watched episode three and episodes four and episode five and episode six, and then we'd go okay, let's talk about these six episodes. And I like I need, especially this episode, I needed a week to process this. I needed time <laughs> to go. Wow, Starfleet's different. Wow, what does that mean? Wow, does that mean for now? I think that if you're going to go week to week, this is, I I think Discovery is much more bingeable. Whereas I think this, allowing you time to consider what you've watched, might be just.
1: Oh, yeah, I do think it's interesting. I think this has put us in a very interesting place that we haven't really been before in our podcast, um, where we're getting to talk about something that uh, has grown from uh, a very specific route and is. Like because Discovery as much as it is, in, you know, Star Trek is is it's kind of its own thing because it's not about any characters we've ever known. And it's not about going into the future. It was about being in sort of a passive. There was just something different about that. That's not a Star Trek that we shared. Right. Do you know what I mean? And so there is something to be said about this feeling more like what if you and I because we weren't we didn't know each other. You were god only knows where and i was only god only knows where um like but if we had been friends in high school watching next gen together you know or whatever or like both watching next gen and like coming to school the next day and being like dude did you see and talking about what happened you know what i mean, I mean? that's what i was like, doing I th- in high school <laughs> i mean me too but not with you right is my yeah. point so like it, it's there is something cool i will admit to that 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 yeah. it gives us and our podcast and our friendship the ability to do to sort of time travel uh, I- <laughs> to have our Star Trek that we both know that we have both followed and this is a you know spin-off a continuation uh, of those characters that we both have feelings and and attachments to and for us to be able to watch it and then be like dude did you uh, this is what I thought. Well, I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, no, I and, want and this, to discuss you know, the
0: philosophy <laughs> and what it's trying to say.
1: Is, yeah, you know,
0: like to it's a have privilege. The, you like, know, guys, it's a privilege. It is to, to it talk is. to you about it.
1: But the idea that like
0: there are thousands of you out there listening to this that over the <laughs> they that, give that a fuck within, what we're talking within about. A, year, a thousand <laughs> of you will have listened to this this episode and gone, oh, hey, that's what I think. It's, it's it's really cool. Next week, that is. End is the beginning. Um, uh, I can't wait for Thursday. I can't wait for uh, the week after to talk about it. Um, where's my seven and nine? Where's my Riker? I got to see him. I, I know. So. I got to so. I
1: gotta. I need my Riker. I need my Troy. I need their little family. They're going to be yeah. so fucking cute. But for now, um, my name is give Jeff. it to me. And my name is Alexia. Trek off. Trek off, bitches.